welcome everyone to episode six of the corporate global fantasy premier league podcast we're not sure if it's episode six hell if um, i know yeah i guess it it depends on if you count the fireside chat with uh jake park as canonical or non-canonical um <laughs> whether that's part of the extended uh cg fpl universe or <laughs> part of the canon um but either way we're here to talk with you about the one and only corporate global fantasy premier league league uh evan how are you doing swell how are you pretty good just hanging in there uh you know a little anxious about the upcoming holidays and whatnot are you are you traveling i'm not traveling for thanksgiving um i'm planning to travel for christmas though yeah so we'll see how that plays out what are you doing for thanksgiving uh just going over to a couple friends house here doing like a friendsgiving with i think my roommate and then uh two other people so nice very small what about you we're going out of town to hill country so fredericksburg texas um we've got an airbnb like a little cabin out there so it's just gonna be me and sierra and our dog walter we're gonna go out there and just hang out we we're taking some food so we don't really have to go out to eat really um we'll probably get a couple of meals to go but we're just going to mostly stay in the cabin and uh we were going to a couple state parks as well but trying to keep it pretty chill um not seeing too many people and it should be a good time to just kind of relax instead of having to worry about traveling or seeing family or anything like that so it'll be nice we're also not doing christmas either so really yeah christmas is just canceled um yeah (laughs) i'm just kidding um (laughs) we're doing christmas but just not in tennessee so spoiler everyone in slack i'm not coming really we've not really uh talked about holiday plans yet but that's a real bummer to me um yeah yeah Yeah. no that sounds great though being in a cabin uh do you have any, any like particular meals that you're looking forward to cooking uh well so not cooking but we're doing charcuterie for thanksgiving nice so went and bought a bunch of crackers and cheeses no meats um because we vegan don't boy. eat meat. Well, or, we're not totally vegan for this okay. meal. Because um, I bought some smoked Gouda that is not Ooh. vegan. So that, But it's going to be delicious. Um, nice. Yeah, that's enough. So it, it kind of it goes with the enchilada antipasti name. Oh, totally. Yeah. <laughs> charcuterie. I could totally say enchilada nomen on a charcuterie board. <laughs> Yeah, totally. <laughs> he probably he probably after each game like goes straight back to his office and does that. There's probably one laid out for him. Oh god. Oh yeah, for sure. There's like a little snack board for him. He doesn't call it a snack board, of course. <laughs> he's calling it a charcuterie. It doesn't matter what it is. It's a charcuterie. He's you know, uh, uh, what's the the guy who was the caretaker for them? Duncan Ferguson. Is that oh, right? Yeah. Duncan, yeah, you know, big dunk. He calls it a he calls it a snack board. Oh yeah, Carlo and his snack board. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably his exact voice. To be honest, I was I was like thinking about it this week. I love their like dynamic, just like the way they look on the sideline because he's so tall and Ancelotti is so short that it's like this kind of amazing like Robin Hood and Little John type situation. <laughs> I haven't thought about oh. it like that, but I think of it more in terms of like their personalities 
and he's Carlo is so reserved and calm and cool and collected and classy and Duncan is like the opposite of that he's like very animated especially when he was um the manager at the time he was super animated really feisty wants to like crack skulls and you know I, I love that. I love, I love that they get along so well. Um, it was yeah. really, it was really smart of him to, to keep Duncan around, um, especially so prominently, just because of how we performed under him, um, mm-hmm. and our reaction. Um, Carlo knows what he's doing, man. I, I love him so much. I hope he never leaves, but I hope he never dies. Honestly. <laughs> <laughs> well, I would, I would say, I would say, not only does Carlo know what he's doing, but the um. I would say, like, the Everton, like, backroom staff know what they're oh, doing. Because, like, yeah. you could totally see a situation where, because of how well Everton did under Duncan Ferguson, they, like, offer him some kind of ungodly contract. Which, like, clearly that was not what they needed, right? Like, they didn't need Duncan Ferguson as their head yeah. coach. And yeah. so they recognized that and were able to kind of maneuver past that, which I think is really <laughs> difficult. See, see Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. <laughs> you read my mind. Wow, how did you do that? You knew I was going to shit all over United. <laughs> you know, it's only, only one of it's probably several times we'll do that today. Yeah. Um, all right, you want to run us right. down? <laughs> enough about, We're already enough off the rails. <laughs> <laughs> what are we doing? Why are we here? Um, do you want to, do? You, I guess, do you want to run us down the uh, the current table, uh, the corporate gro- global fantasy Premier League table? Sure, yeah, I'll run us down. Uh, I'll start from the top. Um so, as always, we've got uh, Jay Griffith um, with Lords of Soccer Ball sitting in first place. Although, notably, uh, Wyatt has closed the gap to uh, under 100 points. Yeah. So, Jay has 611 points. He had 51 points this week. Um, Wyatt, uh, still sitting in second place. The Winter Faces had 61 points this week. Uh, so, he's at a total of 516 um, I'm currently sitting in third place. I had a pretty good week this week with 74 points um, at a solid 500 total, or I should say around 500 total. Um, then we've got Evanestis in fourth place uh, with Ancelotti Antipasti. He had 62 points this week uh, for 473. Spicer right up uh, there with him also had 62 points this week. Uh, just within six at 467. And then in last place, we've got Tim with crumbs. Uh, not a great week with 50 uh, for a total of 446, um, but still very much within striking distance of uh, Spicer and Evan. Yeah, no movement at all. Nobody went up, nobody went down. Um, it was interesting to see how, the, you know, what gaps closed and what gaps opened up a little bit. So Totally. Um, yeah, things are kind of starting to spread out, and I imagine um, the next, you know, five game weeks are going to be huge. Um, yeah, in the momentum of things. So, particularly because we had so many people make big moves this week um, over totally. the past couple of weeks to bring in new players. So, totally. And uh, yeah, Jerry Groth, we're coming for you, all of us, all all five of us. We're going to hunt you down, and uh, yeah, we're going to beat you. Easy. All of us, easy. <laughs> it'll be like a murder on the orient express <laughs> it was done by everyone else in the league yeah <laughs> all right so you're gonna okay. talk about jay's team first is that right yep that's right um yeah so jay jay had a total of 51 points um 
it was almost the joint lowest game week total for our league for this week. Um, as you mentioned, Tim had 50 points, so Jay barely missing out on that. Um, just beating Tim by one, so not a great week for Jay. Um, just to kind of go through uh, Jay's game week, um, really his he only had a couple of double point getters, and that was Calvert Lewin and Hyunmin Sun, and uh, with thirteen and ten respectively. Um, unfortunately, Jay captained Harry Kane. Um, which was a big, ended up being a big no-no, because um, Kane only had four points, so that ended up netting an eight. Um, and then, you know, he didn't really have much else. He had, a, he had again, three zero-pointers on the bench, um, a zero-pointer with Gareth Bale. He had a negative one from Lamptey. Um, so Grealish didn't perform, so, like, he had a, a pretty... Um, pretty poor week, um, other than Calvert-Lewin and Son, who, who really kind of kept him from it being a dramatic slide down um, for what it could have been. Why it really could have gained some some ground there had those two people not performed. So, um, not great. But as far as um, some moves, so going into the week, uh, Jay had uh, Mo Salah, and he decided to get rid of him. Because Mo Salah had covid and so, as many of us in the league um, who had Salah, um, we all sold him, I believe. Most of us did. And so, Sal- uh, Jay did the same. Um, removed Salah and Ryan Brewster, um, which I'm sad that he got rid of because I recommended Ryan Brewster. I thought he was a great enabler, but um, super cheap. But he ended up getting rid of Brewster and Salah, bringing in Timo Werner and Pedro Neto. From Wolves, who both ended up getting in points, but unfortunately, um, you know, five and six, you know, uh, I think uh, Werner got an assist and Neto got a goal, but not really enough to to bring him above average for the game week. So, yeah, not not looking great. And honestly, I think now is the time when when Wyatt and you are really going to start to gain ground on Jay because he's already played his wild card. He has Lamptey, who's got a red card. He's got Zaha, who's hurt. I mean, he's got two defenders that don't play. So, and Gareth Bale, very, you know, hardly any minutes. So now is going to be the time to really gain some ground on him um, because I think he's he's showing his weakness right now. Um, he's going to have to make some moves in order to keep 11 players on the field. Um, so, uh, yeah, we'll see what happens this next game week. I think it'll be interesting. Yeah, totally. Um, it's a, it's a very interesting situation and I agree that he does seem to be kind of leaving the door open a little bit for especially White here to come in, um, and gain some ground. Uh, I do think that some of the, what happened to Jay this week was just kind of anomalous. I'm not sure that you can really like you can really expect Lamptey to like get a red card every game. Right. So like um, that was just kind of a freakish accident. Um, And I think I actually still stand by the kind of um, the praise we gave Jay for having Nathaniel Phillips only because yes, he didn't play in the back four um, for Liverpool this past week, but I still think he will be playing quite a bit. Um, 
even though it was James Milder who was playing. So I don't see that as a terrible pick. I think the, um, is it Burr? Yeah, Burr for yeah. Wolves. If if he's not playing, I think you could, you should really get someone who's going to swap out and get you some points. Um, and then also Zaha is not injured. He just tested positive for COVID. Um, and so that has a little bit of a shorter turnaround than, you know, a typical injury. So he'll be be back in there soon. Um but yeah, I think I think that given that Jay has already wild carded, um, he's definitely kind of leaving the door open, like you said. And I'm looking forward to see if Wyatt and myself can kind of take a little bit of advantage of that, um, get some points back here. Um, I do think that the the switch that he made, taking off Salah and bringing on Werner essentially was really interesting. Um, I'm interested to see how that plays out for him because. Yeah. Um, you don't often see someone, you know, basically upgrading from Ryan Brewster to Werner and then downgrading from Salah to Neto. Um, yeah. That's two, just like an interesting combination of things. Yeah, two big swings. Yeah. yeah. So I think it could be cool. Um, I think, yeah, I, it was unlucky for him. But, you know, with all of that happening. Um, but I think moving forward... I think Jay probably needs to um, target a couple things with his transfers. One, uh, he needs to address uh, the lack of availability from his players. So he needs to make sure he's got 11 players. And honestly, he probably needs to try to work towards making sure he has one or two solid bench spots um, that you Mm -hmm. know will play and at least get you one or two points rather than a zero. Um, and then on the off chance they get like an, a return, then that's great, you know. Um, but I think that is like the biggest thing for him. Uh, but also as he's making those transfers, um, not only bringing in people that are going to be consistent and reliable, um, but as you're doing this, you do have a bit of a target on your back. So making your transfers are going to be very important, and you're going to need to like target. Um, who to bring in when. So mm-hmm. um, I think as you're bringing in one player at a time or maybe two players at a time, you're really going to have to target fixtures. Um, that's the way That's the way I would approach it. I would make sure like this next week, um, substitute a guy out that's not going to play, that you know is not going to play, bring in someone that you know is going to play, but will also like have a really, really good fixture um, that, yeah. you, that you can get um, some points off of. Because I think he's got enough good players that he'll be okay. But in order for him not to slide, and even in order to gain some ground, he's going to have to get um, he's going to have to get some points from somewhere else. And I think bringing those players in um, and getting like five to ten points from someone that you just brought in is going to be huge. So that's totally. the only that's the only way he's not going to be able to slide down. I think. Yeah. No, I, I totally agree. I think the one player that that's particularly interesting with is like trying to suss out which games Bale is going to play and which ones he's not. Um, and I don't have a good grasp on that yet, but as we kind of continue to see him develop at Tottenham, I think it will be easy. It'll be interesting to see which games Mourinho uh, trusts him in and which ones he doesn't. Yeah. And I think if I was Jay, I think the first person I would substitute is probably Lamptey. What do you think? Ooh, I think I very much disagree with that, honestly. Okay. Like, 
Okay, I, would you would you substitute out Burr? Yeah, I would. I would get a, a backup defender who okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. who plays yeah, consistently. Yeah, yeah. No, I just agree. because yeah. like if you get if you take out Lamptey, Lamptey is still like four point eight or something like that, right? Yeah, like that almost has like a domino effect in terms of how your the rest of your team is laid out, just because he's so cheap and you're losing so much value if you yeah. if you um, trade him out. Yeah, you're right. Don't listen to me, Jay. It's not Lamptey. You wanna you wanna transfer out Burr. I would yeah, get, I, if you're gonna transfer a defender out, transfer out Burr. Get someone in that you know is gonna play. Then you have three solid defenders, and then maybe Phillips, um, and then hopefully Zaha will come back, and or hopefully Bale gets some points. And then you've got your eleven. And then the next week you just do the same thing. So. Yeah, and and having that defender, not defender, uh, a bench player who will get you a point or two at least, is even more important this year just because yeah. of how unpredictable it is that someone is going to play. So, like, we thought Zaha was going to be playing up until game time on Sunday. Um, and yeah. we didn't find out till then that he had COVID and was not on the on the list. Um, yeah. And that could be happening more and more often. So, Yeah, definitely. So, slowly working his way to getting bench players is going to be key. Um, but it just takes one at a time. And, and you know, things change so fast. Um, after this... You know, assuming Zaha doesn't play, but he's able to somehow field eleven players, Zaha will come back the following week. Like he's coming back in a week or two, so yeah. I don't think your offense necessarily is in trouble. Um, it's just having to wait it out and hoping that other players pick up the slack while he's um, he's out. So yeah. Anyway, that's all I got to say on Jerry Groth. You're still in the lead, so yeah. What can no we say? big complaints there. No. Nah. All right, um, so I'm going to talk about Wyatt's winner faces, and we've got a lot to talk about here, mostly because, <laughs> mostly because Wyatt uh, played his wild card this week. Um, so he's got um, fresh, crisp players out there on the field, just fresh out of the box. Um, so I'll just run down his new team, if that is okay with you, Evan, and then um, maybe like talk about... like one or two players that I thought were particularly interesting. Yeah. Um, so at the back in goal, he's got Martinez um, from Aston Villa. Um, he's got Ben Chilwell, Hector Bellerin, and uh, what's just, uh, James Justin um, from Leicester in the back. He's got Cleish, Grealish, Ziek, and Son in the midfield. And then Timo Werner, Dominic Calvert-Lewin, and Harry Kane up top. And on his bench, he's got uh, McCarthy, Neto, Vestergaard, and Walker Peters. And, I mean, I'm looking at this team, and I think it looks very strong. Um, it's it's uh, very, very kind of... The, the value is very much spread out across the team. You'll notice he doesn't have the kinds of um, De Bruyne or Salah in the midfield, which I think is interesting. Um, but I think probably when I saw this come kind of over the wire, the two things I were most, I was most excited about were um, him picking up Hector Bellerin and Ben Chilwell in the back. Oh yes. Oh my like, gosh. I don't know if you watched the Chelsea Newcastle game, but man, like I was kicking myself for not picking up Ben Chilwell before this week because like he literally plays like a midfielder. Like he, he covers the back post on like, uh, on, uh, corners from the right side so he's like literally going for every corner essentially that's past like you know 
at halfway past yeah. the goalkeeper. So like, yeah. I think that's a great, a great shout. I think, um, like there are going to be games where Chelsea leak goals. I think that's true, but they, I think over the past couple of weeks have proven themselves against the, sh- the smaller teams that they're not necessarily going to leak goals against, you know, the small fry. Um, yeah. And so I, I think the Ben Chilwell pick is awesome. I think Hector Bellerin's kind of in the same position, like basically a midfielder who's positioned as a defender for fantasy purposes. Um, and obviously he was one of the the kind of uh, weak leaders this week. Um, so yeah, I, I love those two picks. I love those two players. I love watching them play. Um, I think it's they've been criminally underrated so far, and I think especially Bellerin continues to be criminally underrated in fantasy terms. Um, so yeah, I, other than that, I think he's in good position. Um, I don't have too much else to say because we've got a lot of players who are kind of in other people's teams here at the moment. What are what are your thoughts, Evan? I just want to reiterate the Ben Chilwell and Hector Bellerin picks. Those are, yeah, those are two players that I would love to have right now. Yeah. Um, like oh, I man. I want a Chelsea defender. Ben Chilwell would be a great one if I could afford. Who do you him. who do you pick if not Ben Chilwell? Because um, to me he's like the only the only real pick. Maybe Reese James. Oh yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, I think it would be between those two. Because yeah. um, Chilwell's playing playing left back and James is playing right back, right? Yes. Yeah. Um, and then maybe maybe one of the center backs. If not, if I couldn't do either of those, but I think. I think Reese James is, I think he's nailed on on his spot at his spot, and I think, um, yeah, I th- and I think he's fairly cheap, so there's no reason not to get him or Chilwell. I think, um, yeah. but that that was a good that was a good jump on what everyone else is going to be doing. Everyone's everyone's going to be wanting um, Ben Ch- uh, Chelsea defenders, and I think a lot of people are going to be wanting um, Hector Bellerin specifically. Um, so yeah, 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 great, great, great picks there. I'm getting ahead of the curve. Um, I want to say that this is kind of the opposite of Jay's problem. Uh, Wyatt, instead of having not enough players, he has too many in a way, hmm. um, and maybe not necessarily too many players, um, because it's nice that all of his players play, um, except maybe the backup goalie. I think you can argue that you don't necessarily need a playing backup goalie. Um, you could always do a 4.0, um, you know, the, the backup goalie to the goalie that you do have that's already playing. So, like, uh, he's got Martinez, uh, Martinez from Aston Villa. So get the Aston Villa backup keeper. Um, yeah. Or vice versa, pick McCarthy, pick McCarthy's backup. That way you're fairly certain that one of them is going to play. That's an. You don't have to do that. You can rotate goalies. I hate doing that because I know I pick wrong every time. Um, <laughs> I would rather just pick one and stick with it. But that's just me. That's just how I like to play. Um, yeah. Obviously, it didn't work out for him this week, but some days it might. Um, so I don't want to tell him necessarily to change that up specifically, but that's just the way I play. Um, but I think having Neto, Vestergaard, and Walker Peters, um, I know a lot of them are cheap, but um, and then and then click. Cleesh, how do you say it? I said cleesh, I think, but cleesh. I think I think I've heard people say click too. Anyway, but having cleesh and Neto and Grealish, they're all kind of like cheapish. 
you're spreading out the money a little bit too much in my opinion. So I think you've you don't necessarily need um that much that much money on your bench. Yeah. Because I think Walter Walker Walker Peters is kind of expensive now. Or four point six, that's not too bad. But um I don't know. I think you I think there are room there is room for Wyatt to downgrade a player or two and upgrade another player to have a stronger eleven and then like have a set eleven and a set backup. You know what I'm saying? Rather yeah. than like rotating a lot, which it looks like that's what he's gonna have to be doing. He would have yeah. to be rotating Neto and Klish Click, Klish, McCarthy and Martinez. Would he ever want to play Walker Peters? You know, it's like he's gonna to have to be rotating a lot. That's just a lot to think about. So I personally would maybe um, tighten up those funds, downgrade somebody, um, upgrade someone else. So that way you have a set eleven and a set backup, and yeah, you don't have to rotate as much. Maybe have one spot where you rotate. Um, yeah, I it, and I think that like. White is in a per- perfect position if he was defending from first place, but since he's chasing um, and is at such a disadvantage to Jay right now, he needs more, uh, like you were saying, more like uh, high-priced players who will get you explosive game weeks, basically. Yeah, definitely. Like, if this was Jay's team that we were talking about looking like this, I don't think I'd have as much of a problem because he's in the lead. He's, he's just maintaining it. Wyatt needs to be a little bit more aggressive if he actually wants to win. So he may want to stay in second. I don't know. Yeah. But if Wyatt wants to, if Wyatt wants to surpass Jay, I think he's going to have to be a little bit more aggressive. Um, not to say that this team is bad at all, but um, I, I think there's definite room to be more aggressive and still be safe. Yeah. Uh, before we move off of Wyatt, because we were talking about Chelsea defenders, can I just drop a, a hot take that I have been thinking about quite a lot? Go for it. I think Chelsea's going to finish top two. Oh, wow. And the reason for that is they're the only team, like we ragged on them and we by like every soccer fan, basically for their transfer market, uh, hijinks, right? Like bringing in so many attacking players, um, having like redundancies at positions, but that looks pretty good right now. Right? Like, yeah, they are able to cycle people in and out, both in defense, right? So like you've got Reese James, you've got um, uh, Ben Chilwell, you've got Tiago Silva, and you've got um, you know Rudiger or Zuma, right? As and as Pilicueta, right? And as Pilicueta yeah, and yeah, yeah. Christensen, right? Like oh all gosh, of those people yeah. are def- are could be starters, right? And have yeah. been starters for Chelsea at one point or another. Um, and then you've got you know Conte, you've got um, Mason Mount. Uh, in the middle, those are probably more or less set, I would think. And then you've got Kai Havertz, you've got Pulisic, you've got um, Ziyech, you've got all of these people, Giroud and Abraham, right, Werner. Like, there is so much capability to just sub high-quality players in and out of that team that I think, especially over the course of the whole season, that's going to be much more important than we think it is right now. Yeah. Um, I don't think we gave him enough credit. I think you're right. Just because we see now with COVID, with um, international breaks, and and also with um, Champions League and Europa League, like they have a lot of games. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think a lot of us were a little short sighted to that, um, and they they played it safe by spending a lot of money, making sure that they have quality players that will always um, be on the field. So. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I, I don't know that I don't know that I'd be surprised if they finished top two. Um, at this point, I wouldn't put money on them finishing top two. But the more that they, if they keep this up over the next few weeks, then I would be more likely to do it. But man, that's that would be crazy. I think it would. I my guess would be it would be Liverpool than Chelsea. Yeah, I think that's probably what I would guess too. Because yeah. this is probably going to be the worst stretch of Liverpool that we see all season, and yeah. they're doing just fine. Yeah, 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 totally. All right. Uh, awesome. Want to move on? Yeah, great hot take griddle cake. Very nice. Ooh! That's what we say here. That's our thing. It's my oh, thing. Oh, yeah, I forgot. Hot take griddle take. Griddle cake. Griddle take. Griddle take. <laughs> McGriddles. Gosh. Okay. Anyway, on to on to, on to the next one. Up next, we have the big big dog, big boy himself, Taylor Hare, with seventy four points, absolutely blowing everyone out of the water. Ooh, ooh. Um, just oh, man, so frustrating for me specifically because I'm right behind you. Um, and at one point, I was like within three points of you. And now I'm like, what, 27 points away? So, yeah, not great. Um, but anyway, let's just go through. Let's just go through and look at this majesty. So, obviously, all three forwards returned with Werner, Werner with five, Calvert-Lewin 13, Jimenez five. Neto gets six. Who needs De Bruyne? Who needs Jack Grealish? You got Captain Sun with a total of 20 points because he had 10. Then you've got um, Andrew Robertson putting up a big fat 12-pointer and uh, Alex McCarthy in the back with seven, who he didn't even have a clean sheet, but he had eight saves and he got all three bonus points. Yeah. So just absolutely star-studded lineup right there. That's incredible. You have to be very happy with yourself. Not only that, you had a three-pointer in Klish, Klish, Click on your bench and Loten, who had five. So yeah. like, you're just rolling in points. You don't even need those eight points. No, I've got points to spare. Yeah, I think Wolves had the most shots on goal in like since they were promoted to the Premier League. They had, like, what, 20 or something? I don't know. Or, something oh, a 20 total shots. I don't know how many on goal, but, yeah. Um, I didn't watch that game, but that's not what I had imagined as I was looking at the scoreline throughout the, throughout the day. No, I can't believe that. I can't believe that. But yeah, um, geez, dude. I mean, you didn't even you didn't even make any transfers, and you hit the big seven four. Like now, what do you do? You're within sixteen points of Wyatt. Like, how are you yeah. going to keep this momentum up? What is your What are you oh, thinking? I, I am hungry for second place right now. I got to tell you. It is like, oh yeah, it is like let's I am, go. I am so close to it, and I can taste it. Um, All right. So what what are your thoughts with your team then? Because you didn't make any moves, but you have to be eyeing some moves right now. I have actually already made. So I had okay. two free transfers. Uh oh. I have already made two moves. Uh, post game week, uh, nine. So early early transfers a little risky. I, I know. I was like, I thought about it yesterday. I was like. That Wolves game finished, and I was like, all right, I'm just going to go ahead and do this. Um, so I uh, transferred out Raul Jimenez. 
Oh. Transferred in Tammy Abraham. Oh, wow. And okay. then I transferred... Uh, that allowed me to transfer out uh, Kevin De Bruyne and transfer in Mo Salah. Oh, my. Oh, my. So, you are... I, you are a madman. <laughs> the, wow. t- the Tammy Abraham thing is like something I've been wanting to do for the longest time. And yeah. when he scored this weekend, I was I was kicking myself for not doing it last week. So I knew I had to do that. Um, and then we talked at length about De Bruyne last time. Um, I've not been happy with him, and I don't see myself being happy with him in the future. Everyone else is transferring out. Most all, I was like, why the heck not just transfer him in? Wow, I love that. I love those moves. Um, so you you're pretty confident, Werner and Tammy Tammy Tammy, Tammy <laughs> Abraham. <laughs> you're confident both of them, Werner and Abraham, will start every game or most games. Yeah, I would say most games. Like any game, Tammy Abraham is not starting. He'll he, come on. I think he's going to be subbing. Yeah. Um, yeah. and. I, I don't see how Frank Lampard cannot start him, at least for the next couple of weeks, seeing as he scored in the last four games. Um, yeah. He's so, so good. He's so good. Yeah. And so I just think, unless he gets COVID or something like that, he's going to be getting a lot of minutes. Um, so, yeah. The only complication to that is the fact that Pulisic is back at practice, and so um, that adds another... Uh, layer to this and i assume kai havertz is coming back soon yeah um so there there are questions there although i think kai havertz is not really doesn't really change how tammy abraham uh operates too much um so i'm a little worried about that but nevertheless i uh it was just something i felt deep in my gut that i needed to do um and so i did it and that's how i play this game y'all Wow, I can't wait to see how that turns out. I think this is, I mean, it's the perfect time to do it as well because why not double up on Chelsea forwards? They're probably going to be scoring quite a bit, so it's not like you're getting you're expecting a goal from one when you're not getting a goal from the other and vice versa. Like mm-hmm. both of them can score, both of them can score multiple goals or assist each other. You know. There's a lot yeah. going on there, and now's the perfect time for you to be making that um, aggressive. I wouldn't say risky. I don't think it's risky, but I think it's aggressive um, because you could easily be spending that money on anyone else, um, but you're doubling up on, on Chelsea. So um, if it pays off, then you're going to be in second place next week probably. Yeah, <laughs> or, boy, or I would just, I would just love weeks, to blow in the past couple weeks. I I say if, 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 if it comes off, then, yeah, you'll surpass Wyatt in the next couple of weeks. But who knows what Wyatt's going to do. Um, yeah. But you have the potential. And, of course, that is uh, if Salah also performs as well. But assuming he sticks to his typical routine. But, wow, that's exciting. We heard it here first, y'all. We already know what his moves are. So go ahead and lock it in and make your moves to counter it. However you need to do that. I don't now it like now I need to figure out what I need to do. Totally. Yeah, and it was also just serendipitous because I had forgotten that I had two free transfers this week. Yeah, I thought I only I had it. one. I thought I only had one. And so the only way I could do the De Bruyne for Salah was to um downgrade from Jimenez to Abraham and so uh 
it was like when I saw that, I was like, this is written in the stars. This has to happen. That's crazy, though. That's a downgrade. Jimenez to Abraham? Yeah, Jimenez was like eight something, and and I think yeah. eight four, and Abraham was like seven, seven, six, or something like that. Jeez. Wow. Okay. Man. Very nice. So, I'm very excited me. about that. Anything, Anything else uh, you want to mention about my team? No, I think you're, <laughs> I think you're rocking and rolling. I think you, you, I think um, right now, and this always changes throughout the season. But right now, you know your plan and you're sticking to it. Um, yeah. And of course, that will change. That you know, plans fluctuate throughout the season. But right now, you're hitting your sweet spot. Yeah. So. And a long a long term strategy of mine, like I haven't wild carded yet. So a long term strategy is like to keep that in my back pocket as long as humanly possible. Ooh, yeah. Nice. Very nice. All right. Um wanna move on? Yeah, sure. Keep a keep a brisk pace here. Um so going down one spot to spot number four, we've got our very own Evanestis, Ancelotti Antipasti. Um, with 62 points, very respectable, seven points above um, the average and tied for uh, second this game week with um, Spicer. Um, so I think some of the things we've talked about before have applied to you, although there are some very interesting things that you did ahead of the game week that I want to talk about. You obviously had terrible luck with Tariq Lamptey. I don't know if you saw that, but that second that second yellow was very soft. Oh, really? Probably Ugh. should not have been given. That's annoying. Who was the ref? Mike Dean. Uh, I don't think it was Mike Dean. Michael Oliver. I think it was the bald guy. It wasn't Michael Oliver. I don't. Yeah, think I know. Was. Yeah, I was thinking. I I don't know who the bald guy is, but I don't like him. I don't remember. But anyway, it was like two. It was like two yellows within five minutes. It was weird. Oh but, man. Yeah. So lame. Uh, um but so you had that um you obviously had some kind of rotten luck with Grealish and De Bruyne um yeah just Cancelo, City in general yeah Cancelo didn't do you many favors um in the back there um so you you had some you had some low spots in your roster but you also had high points obviously Dominic Calvert-Lewin um with 13 points and then the the player I want to talk most about, um, if that's okay with you, Bruno Fernandez, giving you twenty two points because you had him captain, so he had eleven points of that penalty, um, that penalty take, and uh, gave you a total of twenty two points. And over the off week, you transferred out Mo Salah and transferred in Bruno Fernandez, kind of the the great Bruno Fernandez migration that seems to be happening in fantasy premier league right now. Um, I want to know your thought process behind that because like it's uh, I can see like lots of different ways, like that move could be made and lots of different reasons for making that move. So I'm interested in yours, what you, what your thought process was and how you're feeling about it now after week one. Yeah. Um, also, really? is it a long term? Is it a long term switch? That's a big question I have for a lot of people. Mm, yeah, I wouldn't say it's a long-term switch. Um, <clears throat> ideally, I'd probably get rid of him in, in a few weeks. Um, let me see what his fixtures look like. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. Um, I'm kind of playing it playing it by ear for him. Um, really, I wanted to get rid of Salah because I knew he wasn't going to play. 
um, and I thought he might be out. I thought he might miss two games. And so mm. that, I was like, I got to get rid of him because he's a lot of money and I can bring in another quality player that's going to play. So basically I just targeted fixtures. Um, I West Brom. I mean, they were playing West Brom, and I know it's United, and they fluff up a bunch of stuff every now and then. And even, I think, I know I've mentioned on the pod before that I'm pretty sure, or maybe I was just talking to someone else, but Bruno Fernandes specifically just somehow gets points. And it's one of those things where if you're watching it, it doesn't make sense, and it feels lucky at times. I mean, even the points that he got this week, he... What happened? I think there was a pen- he took the penalty. Something happened, and he got to retake it. Yeah. And he, then he scored. It's like you can't predict that. So, um, I, I just figured that was out of all of the like, quote unquote, comparable players, took most a lot that I could get. He was going to be the most likely one to get me um, a good amount of points. And so, and I also knew that I was going to. Once I decided if I brought him in, I would captain him. That then I then I was sold because um, I didn't really feel like captaining anyone else this week. Um, I thought it was kind of a weird week for captaincy because I didn't want to pick De Bruyne, didn't want to pick Son because I didn't know how that game was going to go. It could have yep. gone either way, and I didn't want to like take my chances. I didn't want to pick Calvert Lewin because we had looked bad, um, e- even though we looked pretty decent. Um, and we were playing um, Fulham just because we looked so bad before international break. I didn't want to pick Calvert Lewin either, so that helped because I knew that I would whoever I brought in I would captain, and so I just targeted the, targeted the fixture, hoped for the best, and luckily it worked out. But I will probably not hold on him forever. But for now, uh, I'll keep him for the for the foreseeable future. And I knew that I would. I knew that it wasn't like a one time one week thing. I knew that if I brought him in, I'd be okay leaving him in for a few weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, and over the course of four or five weeks, I think he'll do fine. I think he'll probably even match Salah. Um, yeah. So I think, because Liverpool have some tough fixtures ahead. So that was my thinking. I was like, if I can get someone cheaper that's going to match Salah, I'll just do that. Even though he plays for United, I'm not going to watch him play and just hope for the best. And <laughs> it worked out this week, so hopefully it works out next week too. Yeah, he's one of those players that you see his name in the the box score at the end of the at the end of the weekend and you're like oh good he got me a couple points but you're definitely not watching not watching him play any soccer god i don't want to no it was it and also a couple people bringing him in in our league including yourself like kind of highlighted for me or um pointed up for me to use a phrase that seems to be getting a lot of play these days um (laughs) what pointed out no pointed up Pointed up. Oh. Point up. I've not heard that. Anyway, um, I've just heard it in a lot of business meetings recently, well, and I'm look like, at oh, you, nice. businessman. Corporate global, um, right here. <laughs> corporate global in the house. Um, <laughs> just the fact that I don't think there was a single other Man United player in our league until you guys brought on Fernandez. <laughs> which I think is somebody remarkable. had Maguire at some point. No, 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 totally. There have been in the past, but like oh, at, at up until kind of game week nine. Like at that at that point in time, there weren't any. Um, I see. Yeah, yeah, which yeah. Was and then ro- me and Spicer was, did it. We did the same thing. Yeah, remarkable for the amount of money that they spend and what they represent and everything. The fact that um, 
I mean, we're not like a great barometer of the league, but I think we do we do move with the winds and the winds are blowing very much against Man United at the moment. Yeah. Yeah, interesting. But um I've got a little bit of a conundrum. I don't know what to do as far as my transfer for the next week. I've got one. Yeah. Um I'm fine keeping Lamptey and just playing Charlie Taylor, but he plays Manchester City. So I'm just going to have to uh, just whatever. It is what it is. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm, But I'm thinking about, I'm also thinking about uh, transferring out Jimenez and maybe bringing in, I might bring in Patrick Bamford. Interesting. Okay. I, have, I haven't looked at this too much. Um, I haven't really done my research yet. Thinking about bringing in Patrick Bamford just because wow. Leeds, Leeds look consistent and they look like they're very attacking. And I heard a stat today um, that I don't remember what the stat was, but it kind of was a good indicator of how like um, how pressing a team is, and they are like hmm. number one in that stat. So they are consistently pressing very high, winning the ball. And they're going to, I think, cause a lot of turnovers and continue to do that to every team in the league, no matter what. Yeah. And they show that they're not going to back down. And good old Bielsa, he's trained them well. And I think that Bamford had a lot of question marks on him at the beginning of the season. But I think he's proven people wrong. So I think now's the time um, to say, okay, he's got it. He's got what it takes. So I think I'm, I might bring him in for Jimenez. Um, but I don't know. I, I don't know what else. I don't know what else I could do. I could hold, but who do who do Wolves play? They play Arsenal, and I don't know if I love that fixture for Jimenez. So I yeah. think it's time I get rid of him. He's done me well, but I think I, I want to move on to someone else that's going to be a little bit more fun to watch. That's how I felt. Like he's been a great asset for the team. But it was just needed, like, it needed to be someone else. And I think it's also, like you were just saying there at the end, it's also partially, like, emotional. Like, I just want to watch someone else. I want to watch, for me, I want to watch Tammy Abraham. And I want to root for Tammy Abraham. And I don't want to watch any Wolves games at the moment. And so I, um, yeah, that was partially, like, a maybe subconscious um, thing there, too. Maybe I'll bring in Tammy Abraham or Timo Werner or, I don't know. Who well, knows? that's I'm actually something. I'm that's something I was gonna. Bamford. I was gonna mention. You've got 1.8 million in the bank right now. Yes, that's another thing to consider. <laughs> so if you if you take out Jimenez and bring in Bamford, that will only increase. I don't know what the know. points differential is, but you could be you could be looking at like a solid three whole pounds in the bank, which is remarkable. You could do so many things with that. So I don't know if that's a, a benefit to you or a detriment in terms of the value you're taking out of your team. Um, although I will note that even though you have 1.8 in the bank, your squad value is 100.3. So you're still above like the kind of threshold, I would say. Yeah. Um, so I, th- I think that's an interesting thing too. And I, I want to see, um, you don't have to explain it now, but I'm looking forward in the future to seeing what you do with those funds. Me too, because I have no idea. Because it doesn't seem like there's that many expensive players to pick, besides yeah. bringing back Salah, which I'll probably do at some point. But yeah, it know. does seem like normally we have more expensive players to choose from. Like yeah. at least Obama Yang is a choice, but he clearly is not on form right now. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. 
it's i don't know i'll have to tinker around and see what i can come up with but it'll be interesting stay tuned to see what i what kind of moves i do so we'll see totally. I'll, pro- I'll probably make one move surely <laughs> i don't know maybe i'll hold who knows who knows yeah all right um do you want to move on to spicer yep let's do it um all right Big Daddy Spice. First thing I want to mention. What were you? Gonna Are say? you going to mention his name change? Yeah. Okay, good. So the first thing I was going to mention is Spicer has now gone by the team name of all caps. Change name. <coughs> so I'm assuming that that's a placeholder. So Spicer, if you're listening to this, don't forget to change your team name, unless you did it on purpose as a joke, in which case. It's kind of funny. Um, I think it's pretty good. So I don't know what your plan. I don't know for sure what the idea is there, but either way, um, everyone now knows that your team name at the moment is changed name. Can um, I? Can I ask you, like, yeah, what? What do you think <laughs> led Spice to want to change his name? Let's assume that it's intentional. He's it, he's either changing his name to change name or something else. Oh, why would you change yeah. your name in in the middle yes. of the season? Okay, well, it was his, his team name was Spice B. Duncan. So I think one thing is um, players don't dunk in soccer. Um, (laughs) (laughs) The other thing is, think about it this way. Um, Why do teams change names? Like actual sports teams, why do they change names? They move to a new city. Oh. Maybe, Maybe Spice's team has moved to a new city. Oh, interesting. It's like a Las Vegas Golden Knights type of... Actually, that was just a new team. Um... But anyway, maybe he's maybe his uh, little franchise here, his uh, team has moved to a new new place. I don't know. Yeah, I think I think you could also think about it in terms of like uh, um, changing your name or rebranding gives you like some kind of a boost, right? Like, um, yeah. <laughs> I'm watching I'm watching The Wire right now, yeah. uh-huh. and they're like in in season two particularly, like uh, one of the plots is like, oh, Stringer Bell's group. At, like can't get a good hookup of heroin and so they're selling like really bad heroin and uh they're having to like change the name of it all the time so that people think that they keep getting new stuff in when really it's the same bad stuff so it's like kung fu and then it's like this other thing and it's this other thing and they're like changing it all um for the purpose of like fooling people into thinking they have better product than they do um and i think maybe a little of that is going on too it's like oh he, he wants to give his team uh morale boost i see so you're basically calling spicer out for being very cheap heroin and trying to <laughs> rebrand in order to fool himself into thinking he's something that he's not no no I no don't think of... wow wow that was a major burn taylor hair don't think of the particulars just the principle of the thing i know you didn't mean that you love our spice daddy um I love spice daddy. well let's go through he had 62 above average he had a pretty good week a good haul um and I want to point out, he's got Diogo Jota again performing oh, for him. Goodness this gracious! Is, it's just it just continues so consistent. Um, yeah. It'll be interesting to see what happens when Salah comes back. How that's going to continue? Um, if all four of them up front will play all the time, which it might happen, but we'll see. But 
either way, it's working for Spice right now. Don't change it until it stops working. Um, and I don't know if you watched any of that game, but man, he just looks so good. Like, I, did, I didn't oh watch it. Oh my goodness. I he, did not watch the red everywhere. Night. Yeah, that's, well, that's, yeah. that's, that's good for Spice and good for Liverpool, I guess. Um, <laughs> you can't even that, bring yourself to that, compliment one player on the that, Liverpool team. That is exciting, though, because out of I guess that because he is a he is probably the most exciting player on Liverpool right now. Yeah, I think so too. I, I mean, he he's new. He he provides something different, and I think people were eager to see how he performed at the highest level, and he's doing it, um, yeah. which is which is pretty cool to see considering at Wolves he kind of like slowly made his way into the Premier League and really didn't really never like was the star. It was always Jimenez and Doherty that were like the two big players. And it was kind of a surprise when he went to Liverpool and then it, I mean you see why Klopp brought him in. He's very good. Um yeah. I, I mean I do wish the best for him. I hope he continues. Um anyway, um on to the rest of his team he as we mentioned before, I brought in Fernandez for Salah. Spice did the same thing, so he got 11 points from Fernandez. He ended up captaining Son, who got him a total of 20 points. Um, so that's kind of like the bulk of Spice's points. Um, one thing to note is he he had Casper uh, Schmeichel with a four-pointer. Kurt Zuma, uh, we talked about Chelsea defense earlier. Spice is on the, uh, on the Chelsea D train, so I think that's going to look... That looks really good for him right now. I mean, yeah. he's got a pretty good, um, I think he's got a pretty good defense, to be honest. Um, but I think what when it comes down to like what he needs to be preparing for the future, um, obviously he's got Callum Wilson um, with a hamstring injury. Zaha tested positive, positive for COVID. Those two players, I think you got to do something with one of them. Um, so that way you can you know, have, uh, you can bring one of those defenders out. Cause right now he's got four defenders playing. And, uh, if you bring in, if you substitute one of your attackers that are either injured or sick and for another attacker that will play, then you can go back to having one, two, three, four, you know, your eight attackers up top or, uh, seven, I mean, yeah, seven attackers up top. So, um, I think that's probably where spice should go next. What do you think? Um, I mean, I think all of the things you said, I don't think I have too much more to add other than um, I think the Tyrone Mings thing uh, this past week was kind of an aberration. I don't think that he will be consistently only getting you one point. Um, I think he's too good of a player for that. So, and, their fixtures yeah, I don't... Look, and their fixtures look good. Let me just spell yeah, these totally. off. West Ham, Newcastle, Wolves, Burnley, West Brom, Crystal Palace. Yeah. They can there, there are lots of clean sheets in that. Yeah, I think so. So I think that's a pretty good... Um, I think, yeah, Zuma and Mings are definitely like the two that I would keep for sure in there. And then you've got Kilman and Vestergaard. I don't know where else you're going to go with that, but go on. No, I think the Zuma thing is a little interesting for the reasons we just talked about, which is they basically have four center backs they could play, right? They have yeah. Tiago Silva. They have Kurt Zuma. They have um, Rudiger and they have Christensen. Um, now it seems like Silva and Zuma are the preferred two. Um, it seems like it. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't think that's there's too much anxiety for you there, but 
just know that there might be a, a game yeah. where Lampard decides to give Zuma a break. And it's not because he's not playing well. It's probably just because he has uh, an embarrassment of riches at basically every position, including center back. Yeah, good call. I think it's not something that you need to worry about now, but just keep an eye on it. Keep it in the back of your mind. It could become an issue um, and be ready to, to tackle it once it does become an issue, if it does. Um, but I think overall, Spice has got a good team. Um, he did wild card recently in game week eight, so I think that still shows. He's got a solid team. I think he just needs to. He got unlucky with the injury and the and Zaha getting COVID. So um, yeah. I think if if he addresses one of those, he'll be fine. Um, he's still got a solid a solid team. Totally. All right. Do you want to move on to Tim's team? Um, yeah. The last thing I want to say is Spice. Thanks oh, yeah. for being in Discord so much you've been a true patron of the discord and i appreciate it totally yeah i want to second that i love uh popping in and seeing you in there it's great the other day uh i just like hopped in there for a couple minutes while we were each having our morning coffee and it was so pleasant oh wow very fun yeah um all right uh crumbs uh so looking at crumbs we've got some interesting things that happened this week um I think more than any other team, Crumbs just got has gotten really unlucky recently. Um, I think there are some things you can do to address those places where you've gotten unlucky, as I think we'll talk about. But um, it is really unusual that you have four players on your team getting you zero points, which means that um, one of those zero points people, in this case Wolford Zaha, had to stay on the field and, and kind of take that nil for you. Um but that's because you've got Seamus Coleman, who I think, I don't know what, if you know anything more about his return date. Um, the fantasy site classifies him as unknown. Um, I My inclination is just to dump in him as soon as possible um, with your transfer this week. Um, so that's like definitely something you can do. Lacazette, um, he didn't play this weekend. We talked a little bit about him last weekend. Um, I think he's a place where you can go for something better. He's, I think he's 8.6. So that's a lot of value to have on the bench. Um, so I might suggest doing something about him. Um, maybe taking him off and upgrading, you know, um, maybe even upgrading like Zaha or upgrading a defender. Um, and then Doherty should be coming back from COVID this next week, unless I'm mistaken. Um, so a lot of un- unlucky kind of turns there. Now, you did have a great game week with Allison in the back, getting you eight points. Um, you had a great game week with Balbuena in your defense. Um, you had Sun and Calvert-Lewin, even though it was a little unfortunate that you captained Grealish instead of I think you've been captaining Sun mostly recently. Um no, actually, you kept he kept in Bamford last week, which I thought was fascinating. Mm. Um, but anyway, so I think there are a lot of um, points that you didn't get this week that were out of your control. But I do think there are some things you could do to maybe um, mitigate some of that. Namely, as I mentioned, thinking about subbing off um, Coleman and Lacazette. Um, I think. Over the weekend, you took off Foden and brought in Ziyech, which I think was great. 
you got rid of Aurier and brought in Doherty, which didn't work out for you this week, but I think is a good long-term thing. Um, and then you took out Dunn and brought in Balbuena, who I'd never heard of before, Fabian Balbuena, mm-hmm. but has gotten six points the last two weeks. It looks like clean sheets the last two weeks for Burnley. So, um, uh, lots of promise there. I don't know. What, what do you think, Evan? What are, yeah, what stands out to you? I think the moves that Tim is making are good ones. All of those moves that you just listed are incredible moves, I think. Yeah. Um, Foden for Ziyech, and then bring in Balbuena. West Ham's defense looks pretty decent right now. Oh, is he Doc- West Ham, not Burnley? Um, yeah. I think West that's Ham. right. I, I think I misspoke. Yeah, and then um, Doherty. Um, I mean, yeah, all of those are good moves, so just keep making good moves. I think you have been unfortunate with um, with Zaha, Lacazette, Lacazette, and then Coleman not coming back, like, that's tough, but you can see how quickly things can, like, um, snowball, like, if you don't address things. So, like, um, like if you don't, like, assuming, like, because I think he's had Coleman on his bench for a while, and he hasn't addressed it yet, and it's yeah. starting to come, it's starting to bite him now because he doesn't have the extra players that were playing are not playing now, and he doesn't have anyone else to bring on. So, um, I don't necessarily think that Coleman would be the, I don't know, man. I don't think Coleman's the first one to transfer out, but if you happen to have two transfers, I think it's got to be Lacazette and then Coleman. Um, I think Lacazette first, get rid of him, and 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 bring in a different attacker. Um, I think I think he needs to bring in a a midfielder, just because he's got five. He's playing with five midfielders and doesn't have any midfielders on the bench in case one of those guys doesn't play. You know. Yeah. Yeah. I guess that's true. Ooh, that's true. I didn't think about that. If he subs out Lacazette, then he's going to have eight really good attackers. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. I think you could do like a double move and upgrade one of your midfielders or or maybe downgrade a midfielder, upgrade the forward spot. I don't really know. Um, I think there's a lot of options you could, you could go with. Um, but I think Lacazette is the biggest issue. So yeah. how you move forward... It's kind of tough to say, um, but I think maybe what I would do is probably do a like for like and then address the Zaha situation later. That's just my opinion. Yeah, I I I'm a fan of people not just transferring out Zaha, not only because I like Zaha, but I think that it seems to me that like stents of people being out for COVID are are getting shorter. You know, like people are, are yeah. staying out like one one game week basically, um, um, and so I don't know if Zaha will be back this next weekend, but um, yeah, I I mean obviously you you do what you got to do, but I I think keeping him isn't isn't the end of the world. No, no. Anyway, um, I would also just point out just uh, Tim has one of the highest. Um, squad values in our league his squad value is uh 101.6 so like one a full 1.6 over the threshold um which is i think if not the highest then like the second highest in our league so that just points to how unlucky you got this week because you've got the value it's just of value performance you're making good transfers too that's also what that says yeah all right so uh we finished going through the table um now, if you have been listening to the podcast, you know 
that in most cases that means it is time for a little something I like to call dressed to the false nines, um, where I get to ask Evan one uh, question related to some uh, something about fashion or clothing in soccer, which is something that I care deeply about. So Evan, here is my question for you this week. And it's it's kind of a big sprawling question, so I might ask it you, then give you my answer to give you time to think, and okay. then uh, and then kind of come back to you. So there's a rich tradition of players becoming managers. So like, uh, as you look around the league right now, you've got like um, Nuno Espirito Santo, Frank Lampard, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, all these guys. Um, who would you like to see, which player would you like to see on the touchline as a manager? So current player, and then also what would they be wearing on the touchline? What kind of, uh, of clothes would they be going for? Um, so that's like my big question. And there's kind of two parts there. Uh, I have two players that I immediately think of. Actually, really three players. Um, but two in particular. And they both play for Liverpool. Okay. Number one has to be Virgil van Dijk. <laughs> like, could you imagine the figure that man would cut on the sideline with hands in pockets looking out over the field? It would be just incredible. Um, obviously, like, probably the most like um uh like tactically astute defender in the game also um doesn't hurt that he is that as well um and i think he would dress in like the the kind of tracksuit manager situation i think he'd go with like the puffer jacket the like joggers and you know whatever like trainers are lying around the the clubhouse um I think maybe he would sometimes dress up, go with the suit, but I think as a rule, he would probably be more in the Frank Lampard school of managerial fashion. Hmm. Um, maybe you disagree with that. Yeah, I do. Oh, interesting. Talk to me. I think, I think, I think VVD's wearing an all black suit. <laughs> He's going to be as intimidating as possible. He's like Diego look, Simeone style? Yeah. Like super classy but also to the point of being like intimidating like he's going to he's going to he's going to deck out he's going to have a big old watch too um he's going to he's going to he's going to look scary as hell see that's what i that's what i hope would happen but i think maybe <laughs> realistically think realistically i think he might go with more of the tracksuit thing but man mm-hmm. gosh i would love that to be the case yeah like Coaching kind of like a, he'd be kind of a oh. zidane character almost right yeah yeah except um, less of a buffoon <laughs> Zidane's not a buffoon he's kind of he's kind of arrogant sure but that doesn't mean he's he a headbutted somebody in the world cup yeah the guy was like racially abusing him oh was he yeah i don't really remember that to be honest it was yeah, so long it, i was so young that's what it was his family oh my his God. family is like moroccan um and is like french moroccan as ah. opposed to like whatever kind of like uh other kind of french is <laughs> perceived by some people to be more french but anyway um wow that was I like had no this, idea um, yeah but if you read I don't uh, know. Claudia the headbutt, the headbutt she has, is hilarious like, she has a part about it 
Interesting. Very interesting. Anyway, I still think he's kind of like, he's definitely has like an air about him. Yeah, I no, I, I I agree. Um, and I think Virgil Van Dyke has a little bit of that air too, right? Oh, There's like an aloofness yeah, I guess, to him. I guess he kind of does. I guess he kind of does. But I think hmm. it makes for a very good um, visual on the sideline. Yeah, sure. yeah, yeah. Definitely. Oh, he would be incredible because he's so tall too. Yeah. He's got uh, long hair. Man. Oh, right. oh, if he doesn't put it up in a ponytail, if he lets it go. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I was picturing ponytail awesome. the whole time, but if he put that thing down, wow. That would be amazing. Yeah. Beautiful. With a suit? It would be beautiful. Wow. Absolutely beautiful. Who else were, who else were you thinking? The other person, I, I've like always thought this about him. I think Andy Robertson would make a great um, hmm. manager. Really? Interesting. Yeah. Tell me why, because that's not somebody I would pick like off the top of my head. He, like... He strikes me as being like ultra comp- competitive, um, and maybe this is because they're both Scottish. But I would think he would be like a Brendan Rodgers type of manager, like kind of a hard ass, um, probably kind of like aggressive, but like really, um, just like prize hard work above everything else almost, um, and. Yeah, just more or less, like, drag teams to, to positions that they don't deserve to be in. Um, I think he'd be that kind of person. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. So, those are my two. Um, Did I don't you know. Have, I've... I thought you had three. Oh, my third one was... And this is... This, I think, could actually happen. Um, even though it doesn't seem to be, like, forwards who are normally players who become coaches. It seems to be more... Yeah. Um like central midfielders or defenders. Um, but I think Raheem Sterling would make a great coach. You think that? Really? Yeah. Hmm. Think about how long he's played for Pep Guardiola. Yeah. That's true. And he's like the most like, um, he's just like so aware of the field when he's playing, even as a forward. Like obviously he's got like his eyes set on the goal, but he's, He's, like, moving in a way, and this, I think, is partially down to Guardiola, that is, like, very much in touch with the rest of the team. And I think that's something that you would need as a, as a manager. Hmm. To wow. be, have that kind of spatial awareness. Interesting. Very interesting. All right, well, I'm trying to see if I have... Um, I'm just looking through real quick before I give you mine. Okay. So give me just a second. Because I want to have two. Okay. If I can get two. And I think just to kind of continue while you're doing that, I think Raheem Sterling would be like a, um, he would be where like Jose Mourinho is right now in terms of fashion. Mm. Like he wouldn't, he wouldn't be the kind of Zidane, um, like dressed up with the suit and tie all the time, but he also wouldn't be the Frank Lampard kind of slouching around. I think he'd be something a little bit in the middle, um, maybe like a chore jacket and, and trousers or something, um, which seems to be the, the Jose Mourinho MO at the moment. Yeah, so I've got, I've got a fun pick. So I'm going to try to do two for Give me. you. I'm going to do a fun pick and like a more serious pick, I guess. Okay. Um, let me see, let me see, let me see. 
I'm really excited about my fun pick. My fun pick is a current Everton player. Of course. Yeah. Um, okay. Okay, I've got two. Um, one, one is my serious one. Uh, you want me to do which one you want first? Give me the serious one first. Okay, we'll get the serious one out of the way because I think it's more of like a realistic. It's more of a realistic one, and then the second one will be more of like, this would be wouldn't this be fun? Um, the one that I think could actually that will, that has the, has a good chance of like actually becoming a. A um, a Premier League manager, um, kind of following in the steps of Frank Lampard, but I think it's going to be as Pilaqueta. Interesting. Yeah. Because he was he was captain for so long at the club, um, I think he'll probably do a similar thing, and I, I think know. you're right. It's always like it's like defenders and not not necessarily super attacking players. Frank Lampard, of course, and Solskjaer, yes, but um, a lot of like goalies and defenders like that are very aware of like the entire field seem to like do pretty well as managers um, yeah. and midfielders as well, but you really see that kind of mentality from those sets of players. So I think as Pilaqueta, um, Oh, who else? Um, who else is also, um, gosh, what's his name? The assistant from Aston Villa. Um, John Terry, John, John Terry. Yeah. So like kind of Chelsea just has a way of like churning out players that turn into managers i guess but i think as pilaqueta i can see him doing this uh, following a similar path and as far as what he's wearing um i think he's going to be more more um he's going to be more of like the scott parker type oh he has to be that man tucks his shirt in he's one of like three players in the premier league who consistently tucks his shirt in yeah and um (laughs) the other one is one of the other ones is an everton player with um uh, what's his name? Alan. Alan, yeah. He, he tucks his shirt down. Love it. But yeah, as Pilaqueta, I could see being like just the classic black and white tucks. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Totally. And also like probably pretty slim fitting like uh, Scott Parker's. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, to, yeah slim fitting like Scott Parker's. Um, yeah, so that's my serious one. That's who I think would probably... <laughs> be I I think manager. you bring up a good point too, which is like I wasn't even thinking about current captaincies, but like that seems like a great marker of who would be who would end up yeah. being a managerial prospect. Yeah, for sure. Um, just because you have to have that kind of mindset of leading the team already. Um, all right, you want the fun one? Yeah, let's do it. All right, current Everton player. I'm gonna pick Jerry Mina. <laughs> Why Yuri Mina? Oh, I love this man. <laughs> this man, even though like he has his ups and downs, he's not like the best player that we have. And he can be good playing defense. He can be bad playing defense. But it doesn't matter. Because no matter what, he's always got a smile on his face. He is the happiest person at Everton Football Club. A football club known for being just very dismal the supporters are always everton this everton that we're never gonna win ever again yeah and this guy he is single-handedly like trying to change things and 
to an extent like Richarlison as well, but Richarlison is a little bit more like hit or miss. Like he can, he's very temperamental, you know. But Jerry Mina is just he just exudes happiness and joy. He's always dancing. He's always like goofing off. Um, he's like trying to have a good time, and mm-hmm. I really appreciate that from him. And there's even like you know there's even like stories from like him chit chatting with um, the Everton you know, staff and like the cooks. And there was like a specific jelly roll that he liked, I think. And for some reason they they, like didn't have it one day. And he was like, where's the jelly roll? And then they brought the jelly roll back for him. So like, he's just like a huge personality. Um, I don't necessarily think, I think if he did go into coaching, I don't think it would be like at such a high level, but I think he would be so great at like a youth level, like at a, like Mm. a kid's coach. He would be incredible. Um, just cause he's so much fun. And I think he would probably, if he ended up having to like wear, like if he was on TV and he was wearing, um, obviously he'd be wearing clothes, but I think he would probably do, I think he would be more in the line of like streetwear, like Pep Guardiola mm-hmm. streetwear, but with bright colors. So he'd be like pretty fun. Um, nice. that's kind of what I th- I'm thinking like blues and yellows could probably cause of Columbia where he's from, but um, I think he'd probably be repping that a lot. But I think he'd be... I mean, I could see him in, like, bright pink. Like, he he would look good in any color. Like... Yeah. You know? He... Yeah. I, that's 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 who I would... That's who I would love to see on a sideline one day. I would that's love for my pick. kid to go learn from Jerry Mina. You know? Yeah. Let him... Heck, let him be a teacher. Let him be um, a child care... You know, just whatever... You just my kids can go be with Jerry Mina. They'll they'll <laughs> learn happiness from him. Like totally. he's just such a great guy. So I love him. Yeah. Here's to you. I think Gary. you could also even like you mentioned the youth team thing, but you could also like say that might even translate to being like an international coach too, right? Because like so much of international coaching is about like motivation as opposed to like just straight tacticianship or whatever. Um, like that could be a possible thing there too. Yeah, 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 totally. But, yeah. Dude, as you were saying that, I had this vision. What if, because this, this I think is probably more likely to happen, and it would crash and burn, I think, pretty badly. Um, I could totally see Jordan Pickford trying to become a manager. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, I could see him trying. <laughs> like, as an ego thing. Oh, God. Yeah. He's really grinding my gears. I mean, Yeah. <sighs> understandable but he yeah he would definitely be just he would be you know what he would be the bobby knight of the premier league oh my gosh (laughs) he would wear a sweater vest he would throw things onto the field you know that's what he would do totally did you ever see the photo of him where he had um on his boots he had a uh like sewn in the words get the rave on what a what a lunatic. <laughs> <laughs> of course he did. What? Oh my gosh. Yeah, I wonder how many I wonder how many um EDM concerts, like EDM festivals he's been to. Probably untold numbers. Probably way too many for any one human to withstand. And you would probably know if you were at the same one with him too. He's very tall. Yeah. Yeah, you would know cuz he's over there punching the ground. <laughs> <laughs> tripping balls on LSD, just punching yeah. the ground. He's probably not um, not a happy drunk, I would say. 
Oh, yeah, no. I wouldn't think so either. Kind of like Harry Maguire. They both Seemingly. kind of. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I hope he never into... becomes a coach. <laughs> yeah, totally. Before we get into libel territory, let's move on. Um, All right. All right, uh, last thing, what uh, what games are you looking forward to this week? Oh, yeah. Oh, great. I had that pulled up, and then I moved off of it to look at different <laughs> players. Um, and today so I can give you mine if you want to take a second to look at them. Yeah, go for it. Uh, I think the one that is probably, I don't know if it'll be on your list, but it's definitely on my list, is Chelsea Spurs. Um, these are two teams who are both in the ascendancy, um, kind of meeting at pivotal points in the season for them they both kind of need and if they want to finish uh you know top three top four they need to capitalize on the momentum that they've got going so i think that'll be really interesting and tactically extremely different teams so um, it'll be fascinating to watch those two meet um and then the other one that i was excited to see was um I'll say it so that you don't have to, which is Everton Leeds. Yeah. I think Everton Leeds is going to be ooh, a doozy of a game. Just goals and goals in that game, probably. Yeah. I was going to say that one as well, to be honest. Well, not just because of Everton, but honestly, because I think that's going to be a, a really good game. Um, a really yeah. good test of where these teams are at. Um, and I think, yeah, I think it's just going to be an onslaught of attack. Um, now, watch it turn out to be like a nil-nil draw, but... Um, I think, yeah, I think there's going to be lots of goals in this one. Um, so that's going to be a lot of fun. Um, the also, other one, I, I think I think probably ahead. Bielsa and Ancelotti probably have a lot of respect for one another. So I think that'll be fun to see, too. Yeah, that will be cool. Um, the other one that I'm interested in is Manchester City Burnley. I think Manchester City are going to destroy Burnley. <laughs> Just and like I, a like a. Let me go, okay. You had a hot take. I'm gonna give you a hot take right give now. Me a hot and take. this is a hot take prediction. This is not a hot take. This is a prediction. Um, I think Manchester City is going to score five goals on Burnley. Whoa! Hopefully none of those go to Kevin De Bruyne. That's all I can say. Yeah, you're gonna be hoping. I think they're <laughs> gonna score five. Oh man! Just as a as a reaction to the past couple weeks. Yeah, that, and, well, I'm just I'm just guessing at this point, because if I was being sane, I would say they're probably only going to score one or two, but I'm just going to, I'm just going to go out on a limb and say they're going to bounce back. I've got to put that positivity into the air. Kevin De Bruyne is going to have a goal and a couple of assists. It's going to be great. I'm going to captain Kevin De Bruyne, I think. Oh, you heard it here first, folks. Now I got to stick got- to it. I gotta stick to my guns, put my money where my mouth is. So we've got a Kevin, Kevin De Bruyne. Bruyne. Yep, Kevin De Bruyne, captain against Burnley. They're gonna score five goals. You'll love to see. That's it. what I think that's that. what I'm gonna watch. I think I like for the sake of our Manchester City loving friends. I would also love to see because I think they'll probably win, like one way or the other. I would love to see them put Burnley to the sword. I think that would be great. Yeah, they need it. They, and Manchester City needs it for sure. Yeah. I think it would be good for the the league, like the parity of the top, you know, four teams for that to happen too. Yeah. All right, there you have it, folks. We've got our games to look forward to. We've run down the table. We've talked about some possible future managers in the league. 
Um, is there anything else uh, we want to get to, Evan? No, that was a long one. That was a doozy. So if you're still with us at the, this point, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> As always, we appreciate your your patience. Uh, all right. Well, um, I guess I will see you next week, Evan. Thanks for being here. All right. Happy Turkey Day. See you later. Bye.